On today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be chatting about something that parents sometimes wonder. They come up against a situation where their child isn't learning as quickly as maybe what they think they should be, and they wonder, is there a problem here? And today's guest is going to help us figure out exactly that. Hi, I'm Pam Barnhill, and I have helped thousands of homeschoolers create doable systems, beat burnout, and bring more joy to their homeschool day. Welcome to episode 20 of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. Well, I'm super excited today to be joined by Mary Ann Sunderland. Now, she is the author behind the Homeschooling with Dyslexia blog. She has had Seven kids who have struggled with some form of learning challenge. And so through the years, she has educated herself and helped to educate other homeschooling parents about some of these challenges and what they can do to like face them and take the bull by the horn and just do the best thing for their kids. So we are going to get right into this episode of the podcast. Marianne Sunderland is a veteran homeschool mom of eight, seven who have a variety of learning differences such as dyslexia and ADHD. Marianne is a passionate advocate for teaching kids the way that they learn and giving them a real meaningful education. She shares her experiences and provides support to other parents through her books, her website, Homeschooling with Dyslexia, and her online membership, Beyond the Box Learning. Marianne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Pam. I'm glad to be here. Well, we are so excited to have you on because I know that this is a question that parents have a lot of times is, you know, what if I think that there might be something going on that's a little outside the norm? So Mm -hmm. what's the first step a parent should take if they suspect a learning issue with one of their? Well, I always tell parents just to get educated, you know, start digging around, do some research, look for credible websites, you know, so something for dyslexia might be the International Dyslexia Association, where it's research-based. Don't start looking for curriculum yet. Try to focus on just learning about what's going on in your kid's brain, because that's the really the first step in understanding them and understanding how to teach them. Okay. So reputable websites, and we recommend people to homeschooling with dyslexia all the time. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. As Mm -hmm. well. Okay. So starting with research. Well, if you were to find something, I mean, is it even possible to homeschool a child who has a learning challenge? Actually, it's better to homeschool kids. I can't tell you how many families I help as they pull their kids out of the school system because the schools, there's a couple of things going on. One, teachers and administrators are not educated about learning differences. So your kids aren't getting, you know, a lot of people mistakenly believe that schools are the educational experts. And maybe in some areas they are, but as when it comes to learning differences, which I really believe in large part, things like dyslexia and even ADHD are just differences in the way the way the brain is wired. Our kids are bright and they're capable and they're willing. But if a teacher does not understand what, what tends to happen is it presents as laziness. It presents as, you know, daydreaming or not caring or bad attitudes, whatever. And 
So the kid ends up getting just frustrated. The teachers are frustrated. And what ends up happening is a lot of times kids just lose heart over time. They think they're dumb. They think they can't learn. And And really homeschooling is the perfect environment because you are essentially tutoring your child. Even if you have eight kids like me, you're still doing, you're you're teaching them where they're at with methods that work, which are highly find outable. Like it's not a big mystery how to teach kids with dyslexia to read. They've been talking about it for a hundred, over a hundred years. It works, it just takes more time. And they don't, so the cookie cutter or the, the factory kind of education model of just marching kids along does not really work with kids with learning differences. So yeah, homeschooling, it's not necessarily easy but it works. And so that's where the education comes in, you know, getting connected to other families who are doing it. So you know what to expect and you know what works. So, you know, you just be consistent. And before you know it, they're reading and they're writing and they're doing fine. I love that. Yeah. Just be consistent. Just keep doing, waking up and doing the same thing. And that's such a great teacher student ratio there. You're able to really reach them where they are and give them what they need. So, well, once you've kind of figured out that there's something going on and you've done a little bit of research on how your child's brain works, and I love the way that you put that, it's like they just learn different than what the standard model is. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just different. What do you look for in a curriculum when you want to help a child who has a challenge with learning? So there are like for things like reading, there are curricula that work better. There's it's called the Orton Gillingham method and it's it's very explicit. It's they teach every rule. There's a ton of review. It's taught systematically, you know, the same way, multi-sensory, so hands-on. So so for as far as like reading goes, anything that's hands-on or anything is Orton Gillingham is going to be more effective. When it comes to things like math, you know, it really depends on the kid. A lot of people like Matthew C because again, it has that hands-on element with the blocks and so forth. But and and then other things, it's it's really a matter of understanding accommodations. So, and a lot of parents do this naturally. So, for example, say you're doing sunlight. I know we did sunlight way, 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 way back. And, you know, so I would read all the books to the kids or they would listen to them, which is an accommodation. Like if your kids aren't reading at grade level, no problem. Just have them listen to books. Right. And then by the Absolutely. And it's the benefit is huge because I mean, sometimes like my kids are so much listening. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you have to stop listening to that book, which is crazy, but it's giving them that advanced vocabulary. It's giving them the, these advanced sentence structures, you know, so that it's as if they're reading, but essentially with the curriculum, you want to just accommodate for your child's needs. So that means like letting a child listen to a book instead of reading it a paper, you know, holding it in their hand and reading it, allowing them to type things, allowing them to use kinds of assistive technology where they're speaking a paper instead of typing it, or you scribe it for them. You, I think Andrew Pudua said this, and it's so true that you cannot help a child too much. Kids want to do well. They want to please their parents. And so, you know, when we give them this, that kind of scaffolding that they need, they're able to can, you know, they're able to learn at their pace and, and they're able to learn even at their grade level, so to speak, because you're give, they're able to do it intellectually, but maybe they can't write it or they can't spell it. Right. So, so we need to just, we can give them that kind of support and that's totally okay. I love that. Yeah. And I think the thing, and this kind of leads into my next question is I think a lot of times when we 
we, we run up against that kid the first time, the first few times, the first little bit, and we're going, oh, they're just not producing the things that like, maybe their sister did or, you know, that my other kids are doing. Is it, is there something wrong or is it behavior? I mean, how do you tell the difference? Because you said it, kids want to please their parents, but we also know that sometimes kids want to be behavior problems too. So how can right. you tell? Right. Well, I think, you know, it's patterns, you know, you, you see like if your kid is, ha- is, you know, happily able to do their schoolwork, but then one day, you know, especially if they're, you know, <laughs> 11 to 16, you know, we have that whole overlay going on. If they're generally able to do the work and you, you, you know, you kind of know yeah. that your kid and, and basically I just work if I have a kid who's really resistant to something, one of the things that I'm only just recently become more knowledgeable knowledgeable about is ADHD and how that really manifests during focused work. Because, you know, I won't go into it too much, but when a child with ADHD is asked to sit down and do maybe a half an hour math lesson, it's kind of like almost impossible for them. And it's not, it's not an attitude. It's not laziness. They literally don't have the brain function to do stuff like that. So what I would do is say, okay, here's a timer, work on it for 10 minutes, and then you can take a break. And then, you know, they would do it in little chunks. However, you can't sign off on school, go outside and go out and play with the neighbors, go on screens or whatever it is that they like to do in the afternoon until math is done. So you're giving them the the flexibility, but you're also giving them that structure. So I think most of kids' resistance to school is just that it's hard yeah, and like too hard, you know, and, and if you're not, if there's no motivation, you know, if you don't understand why you're doing it, then you're going to, you know, you're going to complain. So yeah, yeah I, I think very few of our kids really have behavior issues, but beyond the normal stuff, beyond the normal parenting stuff. Yeah. And I think when you, when you get a kid who has an issue you really start to see it because you're right. It's not like I'm doing fine one day and I'm not doing so great the next. There's a consistent problem. And I can remember talking to my son one day about his dyslexia. And I said to him, you know, I think there's something going on. And he looks at me and he says, you think? I mean, he was totally aware. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's so, so, so important to walk alongside our kids and just validate their feelings teach them about how they learn. I mean, the, the statistics say that the kids with learning issues that do well had that one person that, that understood them, that invested their time in them, that believed in them. And then, you know, as you got, like I'm teaching now a kid with ADHD to, to regulate his emotions and to recognize what works and what doesn't. And yeah, it takes a long time. And yeah, some days I'm like, I really wish I didn't have to do this. But the reality is, is that these are life skills. You know, we're teaching our kids, how do I learn? What am I good at? What am I not so good at? Where do I need help? And these are the kinds of skills that they need to get out into the world, whether it's work or college or, you know, whatever they get up to. And I'm your mom. This is what I do. This is part of it. So I'm just as important as the science and social studies and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, Marianne, can you tell us any resources that you would like to share that would help parents who may have a child with a suspected learning disability? What can they do? Well, I mean, I ha- my website is full of resources. They're good for peer- parents who it's it's the 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 point of my site is to educate parents 
so that they can educate their kids. I don't write curriculum. I don't have my own curriculum, but I do have classes for parents where I teach them what dyslexia is, what dysgraphia is, what processing issues are. Now I'm just, we have an ADHD course. So these are good ways to plug in, you know, to, to really learn the research and what sets my stuff apart not to toot my own horn, but is that I'm actually walking in this path, you know, a lot there's, there's homeschoolers and there's dyslexia or ADHD experts, but, but there aren't a ton of us out there that are doing both who can say, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. And um, a lot of times just knowing you're not alone, (laughs) that there's a lot of other people out there, you know, who are struggling with the exact same things you are just lift a huge load. So I would say, you know, getting plugged into, you know, come to see my site. I recommend other people. Shauna Wingert is someone that comes to mind for real outside the box schooling. And she does it really really well. Colleen Kessler, she's great for twice exceptional or gifted kids. So there's a lot of bloggers out there, people who have spent really their life, you know, their adult lives or their parenting lives researching and sharing what they've learned. And I think those are sometimes the best resources just because we've been there, you know, and we know what it's like. Very much so. And we highly suggest that you go over if you suspect anything and tap into homeschooling with dyslexia and all the resources that are there that Marianne has, because I think it it, it does a couple things. It is very educational for the parent, but it also just kind of lifts this load off of you to realize that there's somebody else out there with the same thing going on. So Marianne, thank you so much for joining me here today. You're welcome. Oh, thank you so much to Marianne for joining us today. And do come on over to the show notes for this episode of the podcast. That's at pambarnhill.com slash TMBH20. We'll have links to homeschooling with dyslexia there, along with some of the other resources that Marianne was chatting about today. And so we really just want to help you out. We'll be back again next week. We're going to be talking all about learning styles and how much do they really matter. We want you to join us for that one. Until then, keep on homeschooling.